Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let's try that again, hey, shall we? How's it going? This is the second time around trying the intro. Hello. It is. We we got uh, about a minute in, about a minute twenty eight, and um, it just was not gonna work. Then you know us. We could just do a minute twenty eight like that. It's it's nothing. It's freezing again, but we're working with it. We're working with. We'll this. just see. The, if you for know? those of you, well, yeah, I forget. I'm speaking as if the last minute and twenty eight recorded. Um, this computer is is garbage. Um. You know that. Yeah. You know that well and good. I mean, I have a very nice computer I read my notes from every every week. So we could try to figure out how to do it I on there. I think we tried, didn't we? I don't think we did. But, no, we tried on the <laughs> other one I have. I really don't think we tried. I don't think we did. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. We'll play around with it for Patreon Thursday. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll see if we'll be able to do it. It might actually like sound and be amazing. I don't know. I mean, this would be GarageBand rather than Audacity. That could so, work. That could work, though. Yeah. That could work. Um, but anyways, welcome back. We are back for a brand new episode of We Are Starting a Cult. It's true, because that's Grant and I'm Jake, and we are starting a cult. So. Uh, we have. I feel like we have, and we continue to do so. We're just here now, culting. But as you guys know, the computer's freezing again. You don't know that, but I know that. Yeah. Uh, but you guys know... That Halloween is quickly approaching. Arguably, by the time you listen to this episode, it will be Halloween, I would imagine. Yeah, Halloween may have passed already. Um, I mean, let's call it what it is. Call of Duty come, came out like today, you know? So I'm sure if you're playing that, you're busy. No, it's true. We're going to be busy with that tonight. Um, yeah, it's going to happen. That's just how life it's goes. It's just you got to kill people on the, in the, on the screen. we got to defeat our internet foes. Um but we're here to give you a little bit of a more, a uh, little bit more of a taste of the. I mean, yeah, it's the West Memphis Three, but it's it's the Damien Eccles horror story. Is pretty much, is. yeah. Um, I also like going into this before I even like I, I knew what it was about, but I never like looked into it. I I never knew that the West Memphis Three were referring to the people that were accused and not the people that died. Oh really? See, I that was like something I initially learned, and I was like, "All right, well, let's just start researching." That was the first thing I learned. I, I always, like, right. I kind of never. I guess I never thought that either. I just like assume. I mean, there's threes everywhere, so I just assumed it was one of them. It's the rule of threes. It's Dante's Inferno. Yeah, they're here some, and I don't remember what it is. Um, 
We're gonna we're gonna take a quick technical break. We'll be back and is it doing it again? It is. I want to make sure Mother it's okay. I want to make sure it's all right. Good. All right. All right. We'll, we'll be, be back, back right about now. Yeah, okay. Good. Yeah, we lost some, but it's kind of funny, so we're gonna leave it in. Yeah, we lost maybe a total of a fraction of a second, but they the way they fit in, it was almost perfect. So it's, we decided it was a meta sort of thing. It's it's one of our jokes now. Yeah, we decided to keep it. We're working with what we got here, people. Davi gives his greetings, if you're curious. Yeah, you can probably hear that, right? He is out there barking at something, and he says, hello, fans. It might be Mitchell. Who knows? It could be. I don't know. He's we'll not see. in the room yet, but he might be by the end. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, he texted me at like 8.30 this morning. He's like, this is a weird time. He's like, are we hanging out today? He's like, dude, I haven't even started my It's like, I day. haven't even woken up. I'm reading this four hours later. I mean, I was at work, but I was like, this oh, is not the time, man. I'm talking about my morning, I yeah, guess. Yeah, like, I'm still fucking dreaming about draft sex or something. My job today was to come pick you up from your job, so... Yeah? So I did my thing. I didn't sleep in. He did his I didn't oversleep. I didn't sleep in. I was up at, like, <laughs> 1 p.m., yeah, dude. Yeah, it was fine. Dude, now he's going crazy out there. Yeah, he's having to go for it. Oh, my But God. we're here to tell you guys all about this. Well, not all about, but we're going to talk to you about... The West Memphis Three. No, it's extremely true. I know you guys got a little bit of a taste for it the other day, right? You guys know, uh, but we're gonna, we're digging a little bit deeper. I think it's a three parter, as as we said, right? It's either gonna be a three or a four, honestly, because okay. I in these I have like an extra page and a half of notes than I did last week, and we still haven't even gotten to the accusations. That's valid. It's yep. a lot. Jake's got the literal book on this, people. He's got the book. I have one of the many books, but the the main one. He holds the power. So yeah. why don't we just jump right in? Let's just go for it. All right, all right, all right. Let's so, just enjoy this uh, horrible story, shall we? No, it's true. A lot of weird moving parts. A lot of stupid things happen. West oh, Memphis yeah. 3 Part 2. That's what this is. Uh, so last week we discussed the general plot of the case. You know, the child murderers. That kicked it all off, the, the little bit about the accused boys, you know. I introduced Jerry Driver. And now we're going to get into just how Damien Eccles, Jesse Kelly, and Jason Baldwin were accused of this heinous crime, or at least some of the things that led up to it. All right? Okay. All right. So as I mentioned last time, Damien Eccles and his girlfriend at the time, they tried to run away together. You know, they took refuge in the rain in an abandoned trailer and they were discovered by police only to then be charged with burglary and sexual misconduct, even though they were just teens uh, making out. Hey, oh, making out stealing anything, virginities or anything. They're else. at make out point, dude. It was just an abandoned trailer. So nice. That's make out point for these kids. I don't know. I wasn't there. Especially when it's raining. Yeah. Enter Jerry Driver, all right? The the devil-obsessed nut working in a, as a juvenile corrections officer, all right? And remember, he just had no experience with it at, at all before uh, he quit his uh, airline job in his mid-50s to just do this. Because he was like, there's devils everywhere, I swear to God. The devils, man, the devils. Yeah. Now, uh, given the time period that all this took place and the inherent fear of Satanism that pervaded the entire country, some of the policemen in the department and even his fellow officers in, uh, in juvenile corrections, they saw Driver as a very knowledgeable and reasonable man. Wrong. So he had some sort of respect going on. Wrong. Some sort of misguided respect. Wrong. Yeah. Not every member of the police force, but, you know, a good amount. They were just like, this guy's amazing. Wrong. He knows everything. So when Damien was arrested and Jerry Driver was assigned to his case, 
driver went to Damien's girlfriend's parents for an interview. You know, just after the initial thing. They were just like, all right, let's talk about this. Yeah, because why not, you know? Why not? Well, they told him... Oh, God. Navi is going insane. All right. Uh, they told him that Damien had tried to get their daughter into black magic. Like uh, like the black magic woman that Carlos Santana yeah. so wonderfully serenades us about? Yeah, with his guitar, yeah. Because he's got one of those. He's got one of those black magic women, you That's know? That's true. That's a great song. I haven't heard that since Guitar Hero 3. Dude, she's got a spell on you, baby. She's got a spell on you. Uh, oh, God, where was I? Yeah. Uh, black magic. Honestly, this was probably true. You know, because <laughs> they're both just like goth and edgy teens. And yeah. that's what you do as a goth edgy teen. You're just like, let's get into black magic. Especially to any adult. Like, they're probably not into real black magic. It's more the hot topic version of black magic. But, you know, as an adult looking on that, you're like, oh my god, these kids are evil. It's like they have black candles. They're not it's like, pretty. Yeah, it's probably fine, right? You could, No, no, you're wrong. No, yeah, I guess so. Can we, should we go, like, try to quell this fucking dog out there? Yeah, let's see what happens. Like, we'll what's right going back on with again. this guy? We'll be He's, right back, ladies and gents. There's probably like a squirrel just prancing around in the front squirrel, yard. Man. We'll be back. I can't find the mouse. There it is. He's been quelled. He's been quelled. We were screaming at him, uh, trying to get him to stop, and nothing was working. And then we heard his mom do it from very far away, and it worked. Yeah, we're on complete opposite ends of the house right now. And he was getting it from both sides, so he he's, uh, he's, he's okay. He's good, yeah. He's going to nap for a little bit. Yeah, and hopefully. It'll be fine. Because then, once this is done, people are going to be here, and he's going to be very, very happy about that. No, it's true. He loves people. So, anyways, black magic. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, driver went to Damien's girlfriend's parents. They were just like, Damien's trying to get our daughter into black magic. And that was probably true because they were goth and edgy teens. But, driver took this information as an, oh, I got one. You know, he's like, I finally fucking found one. His obsession with finding a real-life Satanist... And striking him down using the law is coming to fruition. He's got the power of God. Power of God and the law with Driver. So Driver, he decided to go to Damien's house, uh, home. House. <laughs> Either way, I was like, home. <laughs> he decided to go to Damien's home in hopes of finding more evidence of Satanist activity, right? And Damien's mom, just trusting that Driver was indeed a police officer and had her son's best interest in mind, just let Driver search Damien's room. Oh, I don't have anything else to say, but oh. Oh, so, like, all right, just remember, Driver is not a police officer. No. He is a juvenile officer, so he just, like, guides children who are fucking not doing well. Yeah, there's two different things. He has no authority to get into it. Anyway, so, yeah, Damien's mom trusted this guy and he went in and he just like searched his room while Damien was in juvie um <laughs> so uh what else happened he didn't find anything that would be like legally damning to Damien in any way because you know Damien was just a fucking child but what he did find oh god it was it was Damien's personal writings outlining his sadnesses his, oh. his morose young outlook on, on the world. So his diary, pretty much. Poems about darkness and whatnot. You know, they were, it, was, it was a notebook labeled The Book of Shadows. Oh, And it on, had a bunch man. of pentagrams and inverted crosses on it, which we've talked about this before. That's just the cross of St. Peter because he didn't think he deserved to be 
yeah, it's, uh, crucified in the same way as his Lord and Savior. Historically, there's nothing satanic about that. If anything, it's very religious. You know, it's yeah. like, what, what would be the word for that? Um, Sacrilegious? No. To like, call it not like, religious? Like pious, perhaps? I don't know. That's what I'd call it. It's like, here he was so humble about his belief that he was like, I can't be compared to Jesus. You're you talking know? pies right now? Pies? Man. Yeah. Apple pious. Apple bias. We should we just start like a, a religious bakery. That'd be cool. And not be religious at all. Just like it's just, just for, for the, the puns. They it's come just in, for the puns. They're like, so what's your favorite book of the Bible? Like, I don't fucking know. Buy my fucking pies, dude. It's not my job to come up with that. Yeah, you tool. Just eat my cookies. <laughs> even... Yeah, you tool. <laughs> all right, well, uh, driver, you didn't find anything legally damning. Found all these these fucking writings, all these poems. It's in the Book of Shadows with all the cro- the crosses of Saint Peter. So this was all Driver needed to confirm that he had a true Satanist on his hands. All right, he's he like, this is one. definitely a Satanist. Uh, Damien, he's in juvie at this point. Uh, you know, for being arrested with his girlfriend. By the way, uh, I I don't think I mentioned that, but um. So Jerry Driver, after going through Damien's room, uh, he went to visit Damien with his friend and bitch boy, Steve Jones. Stevie! Stevie. He just he just follows Driver around like a dog. You know? Yeah, I get that. Uh, he's kind of an idiot. So when, uh, when there, they attempted to get Damien to perform magic as further Do proof it. of their assumption that he Do was uh, practicing the dark arts. And tangentially, Satanism. Damien didn't oblige because that's fucking insane. He's like, I, I, I can't. <laughs> you know, I guys, I like, can't. All right, you're in trouble. What you're going to need to do for me is bewilder me. Show me some of that black Make magic. Make me see youth again. He's like, sir, I, I can't do magic. I just think it's interesting. He's like, no, 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 no. It's like, what card do I have in my pocket? Do it. Tell me, Damien. Do it. It's like, I, yeah, so... He didn't do that because that's insane. Um, <laughs> I keep losing my fucking place. Uh, but, uh, but that little meeting with uh, Driver and Jones did prompt Damien to start talking shit while locked up again. Because, you know, he's just a, a teen. Oh, yeah. He's very that's, edgy. That's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so he was like, these fucking dudes are trying to get me to do magic. I'm going to start just saying whatever. So he started telling people. Everyone that, uh, you know, he came across in, in Juvie, that he and his girlfriend were planning on having a baby just to sacrifice it to Satan. That's wicked. And not the not in the, the <laughs> religious sense. That's, that's in, wicked. That is, that's intense, man. That's heavy shit. That is some heavy shit. More than likely, uh, this was his own personal joke, you know, to like mock how ridiculous what Driver and Jones had discussed with him was. Um, no, it was real. Well, Damien knew it wasn't true, so he was—he just yes-anded the whole thing. And he, he was like, fucking, this is pretty funny. Dude, homeboy played himself, man. He played himself. I'm not disputing that, but also, you know, like, shouldn't the police have vexed that during any part of this process, you know? I mean, one would you know, if you really believe that, wouldn't you call a priest, priest instead of a cop, you know? I mean, why would your first thought, this guy's clearly in their eyes, this demonic man, gonna do some real evil fucked up shit when he goes home. I wouldn't really 
feel the need to call the police. You know, I would go after a, a higher authority. Well, driver seems to think that he is a policeman, so he's like, "I'm already here." Well, that's the you problem I mean? right there. That's the problem. He just needs to accept himself for what he is. But uh, driver, he was he was taking all this very seriously because he heard you know Damien sacrificing his own baby story through the grapevine. Uh, so he drove Damien himself to a psychiatric hospital to be analyzed in Little Rock. So he went to the big city of the, of the state. The big city. The big when, city. When Little Rock is the big city, you know you're in the fucking <laughs> Little states, Rock, all right? Arkansas. Yeah, so yeah, he drove him there. Uh, Damien was found to be a major depressive. Which, you know, for the poorest of the poor, majorly emotionally and physically abused kid who is currently in jail for being and being hounded by like a weird devil obsessed fuck, it seems reasonable. Uh, beyond that, reasonable. he might be a little depressed. I would imagine that if he wasn't a little bit depressed, there'd be a bigger problem on our Yeah, hands. I feel like that would be the true indication of a problem. Yeah. But uh, in any case, so sometime later, after Damien got out of juvie, you know, uh, he and his mother left Arkansas to go live with Damien's biological father in Aloha, Oregon. What a misleading Oregon is town. not the town, or not the state, I would assume that town would be. No, it, that is so misleading, because you know it's nowhere near, it might be nice, but it's nowhere near as nice as fucking Hawaii. No, I, I, I would venture to say that few places Navi just opened the door and that scared the the fuck fuck out out of me me. oh my god i thought he was in the back like in the bedroom and his nose came through that door and i almost peed yeah that was was terrifying we're talking too bad about it dude they're (laughs) fucking putting it on us so so damien his mom they went to they went to work in aloha to live with damien's biological father once a driver learned of this right he contacted the Aloha Police Department and warned them that Damien was a Satanist who was in a cult and was going to sacrifice people and do all this shit. You know, I, so I, was, would, I would love to be the person on the receiving end of that warning. Just hearing that, like, you guys, you guys be ready for this. You don't say. Like, what do you, wow. what do you want me to do? Uh, what, what, is, what is it that you want from me? I don't know it's how like, to react. Has to he that. committed any crimes? It's like he made out with his girlfriend. Son of a what? bitch. He might be the devil. <laughs> what? <laughs> Only a Satanist would do that. They feel these urges. Yeah. Well, luckily, the Aloha Police Department responded with basically like, oh, okay. <laughs> like one of those. There's some reasonability there. They left Damien alone. They basically just, they were just like, we're not going to, why would we look into this? Yeah. He's just like a, a child. <clears throat> Ugh. Unfortunately, however, shortly after moving... Uh, Damien suffered from a brief mental break, during which he threatened to harm himself and his parents. Okay, yeah. Major depressive again. So it's, he's not doing well. He's he's a troubled kid, all right? He's upset. He was sent to a psychiatric hospital again, and upon his release, he was basically uh, disowned by his parents. Uh, <laughs> they were just like, uh, we, we kind of give up... Uh, you probably can't live here anymore. So that is well, sad. Yeah, that, I know, that's right? Incredibly sad because he had a terrible life, and they're just doing this to him now. So, uh, what does Damien do? He took uh, a a five day bus trip back to West Memphis, Arkansas. God, what a miserable trip for that a miserable fucking place. Awful. <laughs> it's not like your end destination is L.A. Five days. So I'm gonna hang out for almost a week on a bus to get to fucking. 
Arkansas. Dude, and guess who made up the welcome wagon? I don't know. Steve? Well, Steve Jones, he may have been there, but it was mostly Jerry Driver. Oh, okay. The driving force of this, uh, this, See, I just, this annoyance. Steve makes me laugh. It, he, Steve Jones. <laughs> he reminds me of like Bill Dotrieve from King of the Hill. Yeah, you know, like no, that I, is, could, I could see that. That is a hundred percent the vibe that his guy just gives off to me. He just hangs out and just wants the scraps of what everybody else is getting. He's like, know? "We're gonna get the devil's huh, huh Jerry?" It's yeah, like, yeah, on, yes, we are, Steve. <laughs> Come on, Jerry. <laughs> yes, Jonesy. All right, so so Jerry Driver, he he was a fucking welcome wagon. He met Damien at the bus station when he got into West Memphis. And he said that he had violated his parole and immediately threw him back in juvie. What parole? He was on parole. He got let out of juvie, and like, he, like uh, Driver had heard that he threatened his parents. And apparently he called, he like wasn't supposed to contact his girlfriend, but he did call her once. Uh... So he was just like, you're going to jail. Like right after he got off. Couldn't even stretch his legs, you know, it sucked. Um, yeah, I get that. He seems like the type. Yeah. Not very good. Once Damien got out again, the harassment just kept going. It just didn't stop from Driver. All right. So this guy's just hounding this kid because he's like, you're a Satanist, I know. I I just know it. So let's talk about Damien's best friend. All right. Jason Baldwin. Jason Bourne. Oh, my God. It's Jason Bourne. This whole story just got cracked wide the fuck open, people. (laughs) He doesn't remember anything. We're going down. This is going crazy. No, it's true. It's not him. I don't know. You know what? You never know. Anyone's got the potential. Yeah, I mean, he could. To do whatever they want. These kids had some fucking charisma. I'll tell you that. I don't think they killed these boys, though. I no. They're they're just doing Jason Bourne shit. It is hard to remember that like we're talking about a, a triple homicide. You know. Yeah, this is all just like stupid shit that leads up to the wrong conclusion. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Essentially. So. Enjoy the podcast about stupid shit. All right, upon Damien's uh, get, getting in trouble initially, you know, and throughout all of the fuckery to follow, Jason was being somewhat harassed by his juvenile officer, Steve Jones. Stevie J? Driver's bitch, yeah. So, now, uh, now Jason, he, he was never arrested, but he did get in trouble with the cops when he was 12 for breaking car windows in a junkyard. Wow. And so that just seemingly forever tethered him to Mr. Jones here. Yeah, a little, right. just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> so Jones, he would come up and say things like, I hear you and Damien are going to start a cult. And eventually it just ramped up until like, you and Damien won't get away with your satanic practices. <laughs> so uh, it's just more guys, like accusatory, just like, I know what's going on. You guys think you're going to start yourself a cult? It's never going to work. You're it's evil. never going to work. I wasn't planning this. I know you were, you fucking liar. You're a fucking failure. It's like, you're a grown man saying that to a child. Get him, Steve. <laughs> Sick him. All right, uh, so you see, Driver and Jones, they were obviously, uh, they were construct. they not obviously, they were constructing a fucking list of kids in town. Yeah. All right? They had this list of people that they suspected of satanic practices, practitioners maybe. Ah, yeah. satanic doctors. You know what? Yes. And you know who was on there? Damien, of course. Obviously. Fittingly. For all the bullshit reasons discovered by Driver, you know. And I mean, just look at him, is what they said. 
Jason, he was also on it because he had long hair and loved heavy metal and he was Damien's best friend, so there you go. Yep. You know, that's all you need. He's in. And the third of the West Memphis Three, Jesse Miss Kelly. Oh, he was on the list because he had spiked hair. Wow. What a... And you know what? what That's satanic as fuck. It is. We'll be right back. We're going to quell the damage. Nami! I I believe somebody might be here. I could be wrong, but his barks tell me a different story. That usually happens when just a car goes by. Look at that. Oh, my God. Someone's opening. Opening the door. Oh, it's your brother, bro. Oh, he's here. All right. We're going to power. We'll be right. Oh, we're going to power through. We'll be back in two minutes. I don't know what we're doing. We'll be back. All right. We're back. Okay, all right. Uh, you got to say something. I, I, I can't be the only one talking. Yeah, we're back. We're all right, here. sweet. Yeah, all right. We're so present. we were just gone for like two hours, but here, here we are. Present and accounted for. Present and accounted for. So like I said, Jesse Miss Kelly, he made the list because he had spiked hair. And that's just fucking evil. It is. It's that's wrong. just the most evil thing you could do. Anyway, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's during this time of tightening suspicion of the satanic practices of these three boys from these two fucking nuts that are in law enforcement um, that the brutal murders of Christopher Byers, Michael Moore, and Stevie Branch take place. So, it was all ramping up, and then these murders happen, and they're just like, oh, shit. This has to be those boys. Well, the connection's there. It's certainly there for them. Sort of, but they're just, like, driving the suspicion all themselves. Any real person wouldn't say there's a connection, but it, it could be argued. <laughs> it you could know? be argued. It could so, be. So, <laughs> as I briefly covered in the first episode, not only uh, were these murders, uh, you know, devastating, the handling of the case was abhorrent from the very beginning. All right, so the bodies were left out to bake in the sun. They had a bunch of... Insects laying eggs and shit two hours after the discovery. The families of the victims, uh, they were they were interviewed, though these interviews were never recorded. So the police talked Shame. to the parents. They were just like, hey, what do you know about this? Maybe, like, we know you're grieving. We're shocked, too. But those were never recorded. And Chief Gary Gitchell, he mentioned in passing the possibility of gang or cult-related activity. All right? So all this made for a case that was a fucking disaster. Oh, yeah. And I just want to mention one more thing before launching into the next part of the story. That the police probably should have taken more note of. So, the night that the murders occurred, right? Literally in between the first missing persons report and the second one. In between there, around like 8.30 p.m. A local Bojangles uh, restaurant, they called... Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles, the local Bojangles restaurant, they called the police to report a bleeding black man that had made his way into the restaurant and had remained in the bathroom for some time. Yeah, okay. So a man just saunters into a Bojangles. He's bleeding pretty heavily enough to cause concern. He's in the bathroom. Police, they they responded to the call, right? But by the time they got there, the man had apparently left the Bojangles location. Okay. However, okay. he left like a shit ton of blood all over the bathroom. All right, it's just it's a, it's a horror scene in there. The horror. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so police took samples of this blood and they proceeded, uh, you know, with their shifts that night. Uh, I, I mention this because uh, at the scene of the crime, or rather where you know the uh, the three young boys were murdered. 
or where their their bodies were discovered. There, a single hair belonging to a black man was discovered. Uh oh. Okay. And this. I'm will surprised co- they didn't just run with that one. <laughs> exactly. There was a. That's like a. That's a clear line of investigation they could have taken. That's a gimme. You know, that's a gimme. Yeah, and I'll mention this like later, but uh, but I feel like this encompasses how fucked up the police department and case was. The blood samples taken from Bojangles, they were just immediately lost. Ah, Benet Ramsey <laughs> situation, huh? Yeah, not that that would have mattered, you know, because everyone was absolutely convinced yeah, that this knew. was just satanic murder. They were just like, it has to be Satan. No one's get about to change their minds. All right, all right. All right. But um, I will say, Detective Gitchell, like... I think I've been calling him Chief, but he was just a detective. He was just in charge of this case. Okay, okay. He was not immediately convinced of the satanic angle and was just trying to keep the investigation in line to reflect that. Mm. So good on him, I guess, for for this part, I suppose. But uh, anyway. Ugh. All right, so, however, there was next to nothing to go off of. All right, the bodies were completely screwed. All right, uh, when it came to evidence, and the medical examiner's offices, uh, they didn't get uh, Gitchell a written report of the matter for over a month. Damn. After they were discovered, so Gitchell's just floundering and desperately looking for any sort of lead. Okay. Meanwhile, Detective Don Bray. All right. Don Bray. He is one of the men on the police force uh, to take the ravings of Jerry Driver as absolute truth. Like, he looked up to Jerry Driver. He was like, this guy's so fucking smart, I'm going to listen to everything he says. That's just pathetic, but okay. He was convinced that Damien Eccles was more than likely the culprit. Mm. Because Jerry Driver said, hey, I think Damien is the culprit here. Absolutely. <laughs> so he was like, oh. Excellent. Yes, you've you've cracked the case. All right. A, a call also came into the station from a priest saying that there were some young kids worshiping Satan in the Lakeshore trailer park. Oh. Mm. How does Though, one do uh, that in a parking lot? I don't know. I think this may just be a poor priest. I think so. And not like a sympathy poor, just like a, he's in the trailer park. Um. So, yeah, they're, they're in the, the Lakeshore trailer park, uh, though they were just uh, intimidating teenagers to this pussy priest because they they didn't care about what he had to say. Okay. And uh, one of them had 666 written on their shoes. Guess who it was? <laughs> You're absolutely right. It was him. <laughs> it was it was due. <laughs> Damien Eccles and company. So just like him and some friends. Uh, so Damien was interviewed by Steve Jones and another oh, officer. Steve Jobs. <laughs> God damn it. And another officer named uh, Sudbury, okay. which is a very good name. It just reminds me of like a pub or something. That is nice. You know, a nice iced tea with a grilled cheese. Yeah. Oh my God, that sounds delicious. Long Island iced tea, some nice gouda on that cheese. Yeah, you can, hey, you can mix and match whatever the fuck you want, dude. You can make it whatever you need. Uh, so yeah, Damien was interviewed uh, because of all this suspicion and that kind of thing. Damien was interviewed by Steve Jones and Sudbury about 24 hours after the three bodies were first discovered. Okay. This interrogation was not recorded in any way. Figures, It yeah. appears nowhere on any documents Okay. aside yeah. from Damien's claims all these years later. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. So um, 
Two days after the initial interview with Damien, uh, police visited Jason Baldwin's home, where Damien just so happened to be uh, because, you know, he, he was his best friend. Right, And right. his parents had cast him out at that point. Okay. So, uh, the cops, they start just asking these two poor, troubled young boys with, like, just about a fucking triple murder on the front lawn of Jason's house. What do you know about this? This is not even a house, it's a trailer. What do you know about this triple homicide? (laughs) That's literally what they did. It was just, like, two grown-ass men in, in like, a fucking authority position, just like, hey, kids, you killed those kids the other day? Like, what? Like, that's not cool. You can't just do that. What? And again, uh, because Damien knew he hadn't done anything wrong, he just started answering the cops' questions. He just just started answering them. Okay. Uh, The cops noticed uh, the two boys had the word evil written on their knuckles. Evil. And proceeded to ask leading questions that turned into talks of Satanism and cult activity. All right, all right. And intermixed in there throughout uh, this line of questioning, Damien talked about a detail of the crime... That was not yet released to the public by the police. Not a good move. Interesting. However, this detail was revealed to Damien during the undocumented interview with Steve Jones two days previous. It's all set up. Man. It's all set up, dude. This guy is he's going down. You just know it. Regardless, this was the first, uh, you, you know, it was the, the first of the extremely damning things to come up against Damien. But, uh, and again... Damien knew he was innocent. He seemed to believe in justice working. So after this discussion on Jason's uh, front lawn, he willingly gave police blood samples and agreed to a polygraph test. Okay, all right. Right, so he's like, yeah, sure, I don't give a fuck. All right. Uh, The polygraph test was performed by a man named Durham. That's another good name. Yeah, some pretty strong names on this police force. None of them are very good at doing their job, but... They got beefy names, though. Durham. Definite NFL player names, yeah, you know? Right. All right, so, so Durham was doing this polygraph test. And the report uh, regarding the test afterward, you know, rather than outlining, like, specific questions and answers and, like, the results on the machine uh, in accordance to those things, uh, it, the report was just a single-page document that basically just stated that Damien was lying and had committed the crime. Ah, yes, perfect evidence. Yes, Yes, it's on paper, and I filed it away. Now it's a file. Okay. It's a permanent file. I like that. So a lot of evidence stacking up uh, that is more or less bullshit, but is being taken very, very seriously by the local police. As usual, right? of course. And now we're going to talk about a waitress. All right. All right. My favorite. <laughs> Enter waitress. I like waitresses. Uh, <laughs> they bring me food. Oh, yeah. And she has just like the most waitress named Vicki Hutchinson. Uh, yeah, you know, I just like Vicky seven. in general. Like uh, you think of uh, fairly odd parents, you know. You think of just just people like that. You know, I didn't think. Of that. I didn't know what to think. I was just Dude, like, Vicky? okay. I did the get evil yeah. babysitter. Vicky, man, go to bed, twerp. twerp. You know that was her yeah. thing. You little. Twerp. Everyone's a twerp to Vicky. Bitch. Yeah, I know. But so, all right. So Vicky Hutchison, she's a thirty-two-year-old. She was a thirty-two-year-old waitress uh, at the lo- a local restaurant in West Memphis, and she was suspected of committing fraud. <gasps> I know. So, uh, so the day after the murders, she was called into the uh, police station for questioning, not regarding the murders, just simply regarding fraud. 
Okay. Uh, so nothing much came of this discussion, but since she was brought in that day after the like the day after the murders, she was and she was also known to have a uh, a young child. Uh, uh, his his name was Aaron, and he was eight Aaron. years old. Aaron. Well, because of all that stuff, she was like, "Well, you're here, and I know your son is like the same age group." Don Bray brought her back into the station for questioning about a week later. Okay. As he got to thinking, you know. Uh, so during this interview, she was asked if she knew of any cult activities taking place around town. Did she? No, no, no. She responded in saying that she hadn't seen anything herself, but she had heard that some of the kids in her trailer park were regular practitioners of Satanism. Absolutely. So you she know, had heard this. Run-of-the-mill trailer park scenario. Classic you know? trailer park. So considering the reward for any leads in you know the case, it, the reward was like growing every day. So uh, Vicky agreed to do some undercover work for the police. Uh, and for whatever reason, the main interest was placed upon, like the almost not even in this story so far, Jesse Miss Kelly. Okay. So they're just like, Jesse is the conduit to Damien, like, for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's all right oh, there. Oh, yeah, of course. It's all right there in the fraudulent papers and files, you know, it's all right there. Yeah. So, Vicky had actually, like, she had, like, a companionship with Jesse, because Jesse had watched her kids from time to time, and so, like, one day, after after the plan was all set to be in motion, you know, Vicky asked Jesse if he knew Damien. Simple question, you know. To which Jesse replied, yes, but this, you know, this response was only predicated on the fact that he knew who Damien was. Like, the two were not friends at all. They didn't associate. Okay. He's like, yes, I know who that is. All right, all right. All right. Uh, Vicky, she goes back to Bray and Driver at the station, confirms that Jesse knows Damien, and this is when Bray and Driver deploy their genius plan against Damien. And a lot of them using a very using the very waitress who has already like helped them in just doing this, like just asking this kid if he knows her. Really, just being present is yeah. all the help she provided. <laughs> it's like, all right, you're gonna go out for a, a second tier of this mission. Uh, the plan was for Vicky to tell Jesse to tell Damien that he should go to her trailer because she wanted to fuck him. Sweet. This 32-year-old uh, mother wants you to fuck her, Damien, for sure. Maybe right. you should go. All right. So, once Damien was there, she was to seduce him verbally. Okay. Verbally. <laughs> gaining his trust. And uh, be brought into the fold of the satanic cult. It was just that simple. Yeah, 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 I mean, it is that easy, you know? That's how it goes. You just invite a Satanist into your house, and you seduce him with words, and then he's like, you gotta be in my cult. Like, you, 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 you just have to be. You just gotta try it for like an hour. Yeah. Driver even gave Vicky uh, satanic literature to just scatter about her trailer to make Damien feel comfortable. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 It's the lesser key of Solomon. I want you. It's like, okay, whatever. Uh, so, Maybe like a, a straight guy, and you have to go to someone's house. They're like, "Let me make them feel more comfortable," and you just scatter Playboy magazines. It's like oh, that wouldn't yes. make me more comfortable. That would, if anything, I'd, I'd be very concerned as yeah, to why like, they're out. Why isn't this under your bed or something? Yeah, th- this is something you like. That's fine, but it, 
I, I don't I don't care. It's like you can just do whatever you want, but maybe don't. I don't. I don't want to read this with you. No, no, no. You know no, what no, I mean? No. This it, is a personal it, let's, thing. Let's be honest. No one reads it for the articles. I do. Shut. I've actually never Shut read up. a Playboy magazine in my life. I don't think I have either. I'm, got, I'm not old enough. We're the internet generation. You know, and, we, yeah, I don't mean I'm not old enough in the sense of I'm too young. No, our, I mean our pictures move. That shit was outdated before I even knew what porn was. No, that's true. Well, anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of satanic literature scattered about Damien's so comfortable now. That's what their plan is, all right? So the day that this all unfolds, Jesse came across Damien and Jason, right? Just in the trailer park. He told them about Vicky, and he led them to her trailer. Right, right. You know, because he's just like, fuck yeah, dude. I'll go fuck her. Uh, so Jesse, he waited outside. Well, Damien and Jason, they went inside. Inside. And, uh, 15 minutes later, Damien's mother showed up in her car to pick up Damien and Jason, and they drove off. I didn't mention this, uh, but by this time, Damien's mother had returned to Arkansas. Oh, okay, okay. So, like, she picks him up after 15 minutes, whatever. Uh, Vicky later went on to say quite a bit happened in those 15 minutes. Oh, well, what <laughs> happened? Because of what happened. Um, so Vicky, she claimed to have been invited, uh, by Damien to a non-Sabbath Satanist gathering oh, okay. in the woods. Uh, she then stated that on May 19th, Damien picked her up in a red Ford Escort with Jesse in the back seat. Okay. Okay. All right. So she said that they all went, uh, to like, to a secluded part of the woods in the middle of the night where they were met by around 10 other teenagers whose head, who, they all had their arms and legs just all painted black and shit. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So the teens, they were eventually starting to dance. Oh, and they were dancing more wildly. Next and guess what party. they did after that? They stripped. They were just Sexy. stripping off their clothes. There surely was an orgy to ensue. Shit's so hot, Vicky baby. Thought. I'm in. Uh, Vicky claimed that she was feeling uncomfortable with this, told Damien so, and he drove her home. All right. <laughs> I mean, that's the right thing, you know? I guess right. so. Like, she, later on in, like, part either three or four, I don't know how many parts this is going to be, she would go on to tell this story in court under oath, but in later interviews and statements... She would come out and saying that, like, this was all just a complete fucking lie. Like, she filled in the blanks from this night that she had. You ready for this fucking crazy night? All right, all right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. So, anyway, she, she gave the, the story for the reward money at the time. Um, exactly what happened. On that day, Vicky claimed that she had gotten uh, picked up by Damien, uh, you know, in the Red Ford Escort. By the way, Damien uh, couldn't drive. Oh. And also his family did not own a Ford Escort nor a red car. Okay. Well, on the day that she claimed this happened, Vicky had actually just broken up with her boyfriend and had bought two-fifths of wild turkey whiskey. Fucking party. <laughs> fucking insane. Two-fifths to herself. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't even imagine. It was just to take the edge off of the breakup. All right? Fair point. So she drank an entire bottle. By the time someone picked her up Damn. to go to some sort of party. So she's an entire bottle of whiskey deep, and she doesn't even remember who picked her up or what they were even going to do. Okay. She's like, yeah, I drank a whole bottle. Someone picked me up. We went to a party. She claims that she got there, thought it was weird, 
People were painted black, so she thought, and they were undressing each other, so she thought. But I think what may have happened was that she had an entire bottle of whiskey inside of her. I <laughs> thought think that's that fair. People were painted black, maybe because the party was at night. No. And thought people were undressing each other because it's dark, and they're probably dancing. No, no, no. So that's no. what I think happened. You're wrong. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe these kids are Satanists. Naked black painted kids. <laughs> I don't know. Naked kids swimming in paint, man. That's yeah. what it was. No, yeah. Anyway, the next thing she remembers is waking up on her front lawn with an empty bottle of whiskey next to her. That's how every great story begins. Exactly. Dude, I forgot to turn off the little, like, uh, Oh, the little chimey thing. thing. Hey, it's kind of a throwback now. You yeah. Know, to bring, earlier episodes before we muted that. Brings Enjoy you back it, to it, you know? Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy the, the background of this one. You know, we got some dogs, got some dingage. We got it all. We got some stories being told in the other room. I don't know if that's being picked up. I don't think it is, but still. I doubt it, but it could the be. The house is know. alive, you guys. It is. It's bumping right now. So, yeah, she... Uh, she was just a fucking lush liar <laughs> out for money and accused these kids of satanic practice to the police in the midst of a triple murder investigation. Right, right, right. I mean, what a bitch, you know. It's a, what a weirdo. <laughs> what, what a, a weirdo. What a weird move. Weird girl. Yeah. All right. And Vicky's son, Aaron, he was being interviewed exhaustively by Don Bray during this time for about like a week. Jesus. So I'm about to say like a little tidbit about the satanic panic and how a lot of the cases kind of went down. You see, like during the satanic panic, many, many cases of uh, satanic ritual abuse, that kind of thing, and like and related things, um, they were a lot of the time predicated upon the uh, testimonies of children. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is fine. Children, you know, you want to believe kids. However, in an overwhelming majority... Looking back on the cases now, most of the kids were tirelessly questioned by law enforcement with the already formulated idea that Satanists were to blame. Pretty much. For yeah. Even if a crime didn't even happen. Yeah, there's no second option. That is the only option. They just have to get the details, you know? Yeah. These police were looking for Satanists so they would mold and shape the children's stories to fit their own Satanic narratives by running over the stories like... Over and over again. Yeah, pretty much. Each time with the inclusion of, like, insanely leading questions. So, like, they were, they were just basically just statements with question marks at the end. Like, for example, a cop might stop a kid mid-story and say, like, well, didn't this person also do this satanic and abusive thing around this time? Yeah. And the kid's like, oh, yeah, sure. It's it, So the kids quickly caught on that... When they said, like, fucked up shit, or, like, agreed, basically, to what the cops were basically feeding them, it's like, yeah, you're going to get a little reward. Oh, yeah. Like, sympathy, you're going to get treats, adulation. And so they just would agree with the police, and the police would say, like, okay, now start from the beginning. Just, like, shaping the kids' stories into yarns they'd use to convict innocent people. Oh, yeah, right? baby. This happened a lot. All right. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, more times than it should have. Yeah, and uh, this case was no exception to that. And Aaron's bitch mother uh, contributed to this uh, this shit show as well. So, uh, Aaron eventually stated that he and the three murdered boys, which they were friends, that's true. Okay. They saw some strange men in the woods in the days leading up to the murders. He claimed that they would sit in a circle... 
and they'd chant about the devil, and they'd fuck each other in the ass. Wow, that he sounds, legitimately <laughs> that sounds great. It's like in a police report, he told Bray that he saw these men in the woods fucking each other in the ass every day for days. That's <laughs> leading, a busy up, body. leading up to the murders. That is quite the busy body. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, when Driver heard about this, he went over to Vicky's trailer to talk to Aaron. Uh, you know, himself, so just to see, he's like, see if he can get any more information, because he felt like he was spearheading this, you know? Right. He's like, I'm kind of in charge. Gitchell doesn't even know shit. But, uh, so he got it, uh, he, he got it, he got the more information for sure, uh, in the form of what he believed to be physical evidence. Physical you know? evidence. So listen to this shit. Vicky, she had an earring. Okay. Engineering. It was a skull with a snake coming out of its eye, and it would like slither into other piercings in the ear. It's one of those cool, like coiling ones. Oh, all right, all right. You know what it's I mean? Dope. Yeah. So it's a cool earring. Uh, but Vicky, oh, she told police that Damien had left that earring in her trailer when he'd initially come over for that fifteen-minute uh, time period. Ah, but of course, of, of course. course, it's it's definitely Damien's earring. Well, guess what, Vicky's son Aaron said. He claimed that one of these guys he'd seen in the woods multiple days in a row chanting and engaging in sodomy in the woods was wearing that very earring. That was my next guess. That was my that guess. Was the, you know? I, knew, I knew you knew. I just knew it. I was breathing in like, <gasps> I, was, I was getting ready to, to <laughs> spill all that, you know? No, I, took, I completely understand. Well, this solidified in the minds of Driver and others in the police department that Damien was their man. We got him, boss. All right, we got him. All right, so while, while all this is taking place, the fear of uh, you know satanic practices is, is infesting the entire country, but uh, but no place more than West Memphis. Damien was kind of cashing in on the newfound effectiveness of his dark goth personality. Oh, he was loving it. It's making it work. Yeah, he was going around town just trying to freak out the squares with a little, you know. With little to no effort, I guess. I mean, like, he was just being himself, and people were freaking out more than often, or more than usual, and he was just like, this is fucking hilarious. He was messing with the rubes, man. Messing with the rubes. Messing with those guys. So, sadly, that brings us to the next uh, damning thing that Damien said that would come back to bite him later in court. So, he was at a softball game with, uh, with some other, you know, teens. Uh... Around three weeks after the murders, and Damien allegedly was telling this group of teenagers that he had killed the three boys, was planning on killing again, and had already picked out the next victims. All right, right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, on paper, that's that looks awful. Yes, it you does. You know what? But then you just remember, like, oh, he's like a teen <clears throat> with a very troubled background. Who uh, almost exclusively just says things to freak people out. Yeah, he doesn't know any better. He doesn't know any better. He's just like saying shit. But it's like, good look. Like, like, talking to the police, it's like, oh, no way this was just some kid talking shit to a group of his peers for a laugh Mm -hmm. and some dark humor. No, he was definitely just admitting to a crime he'd actually committed to a group of people for no reason. Correct. It's like... Come on. Uh, so, no, no, he, he was freaking out squares. It was fun. All right. 
Well, anyway, police, uh, they had uh, their recent findings, and they uh, they caught wind of this as well. And they knew they had to do something about Mr. Damien. Okay? All right, all right. And they thought the best way to get to Damien for, you know, further evidence was through the boy Damien barely even knew, but just so happened to supposedly be in the back of the car in Vic- Vicky Hutchinson's definitely false story. Oh, yeah. So that's the connection. That is literally how Jesse Kelly is initially brought in to have all of this shit unfold. Yeah, just unfortunate timing, right. really. And I think we'll pick back up <laughs> next week with the confession of this small, not-so-bright, abused, people-pleasing yeah, that's the weird... soul next week, J- Jesse Miscellany. That's the weird part of the story is that it just keeps going. It's It doesn't... Every time you think, like, okay, we're getting to a point where I'm starting to see a picture painted, it gets erased and it starts over. Yeah. It, it just keeps getting weirder. And it was just so much buildup of just so much fake shit predicated on shit that wasn't real. Yeah, that they're just they just continue. They're just like it's Satanist. He's a Satanist, and they're just finding all this shit that they're making up to just back it up. Yeah, they make it work, man. And they're making it work for them. It's gonna it's gonna work out uh, for them next week. It is weird, but yeah, that is, that's our episode for uh, the West Memphis three part dose. Part dose. Don't worry, it'll be WM three three next week. So you're wow. gonna have that nice little uh, giblet for you. You know. Yeah. Well, I wish I. Uh, could have gotten to like, uh, well, I guess it's all kind of meaty. And I did cover the murders the other day. Well, to get to the... the I'm just thinking of like the fact that next week it's going to be after Halloween. And it's like, yeah. this didn't really bring the spook-tasticness. That's all right. You know, but, we've uh, done that before. And it's it, it. I love the Halloween season. But sometimes you just, it, it comes when you want. You it's know? true. Dude, how do you feel about Halloween this this year? Because I feel like... The, I was like waiting for it to build up this entire time. And it I'm never just like, did. What the fuck? It's like in three days. It never built up. For it me. never built up. It sucks, dude. I feel, I don't want to lose that childhood wonder. I've been watching scary movies. I've been enjoying the leaves. What else can I do? Might just be the year, man. I don't know because I feel Might that way too. Year. Like the last couple of days have felt a little bit more like it, but it it just might be the year. I don't know. Maybe Who shit knows, doesn't man. work out the right way this year. You know what? It's still going to happen, and I'm still oh, going to well. have a great time. I'm going to go carve a pumpkin on Saturday. Oh, it'll work. It's going to be amazing. You're going to love it, guys. And yeah. you guys have a safe Halloween. And don't forget, we'll be back in November, which is like three days away. Maybe yeah, four. I know. It's so soon. Don't even worry. We'll be back in November. Don't even friggin' trip, dog. But with all that being said, that's effectively our episode for the day. I think that is effectively the episode for the day. That's Grand Up Jake. We are starting a cult. You know that. Yes, that's all true. Right. And uh, in the uh, the wide berth of time that we took in the middle of this podcast, but you guys don't know because it was just immediate. We just clocked right back in. Uh, Mitch is here, so I'm going to call him for bananas. But before that... No, you know what we're doing? We, Jake, you it's on us tonight. You can follow it. What? We're bananas, dude. Mitch is into it. I, I haven't heard that dude shut his fucking trap in 45 minutes. You don't want to interrupt him? He'll be interrupted for bananas. I mean, you can. You can try it. You know what? I th- I th- I'm going to do it. All right, all right. I like I'm that. I'm going to do it. Do it. But before that, you can follow us on all the shit. Uh, we have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we also have an email, startercult at gmail.com. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, us. Yeah, on TikTok, we got the Wasak underscore pod. We got the YouTube. Like and subscribe there. 
Yeah, hang out, man. Yeah, dude, we got the Patreon down below. Uh, two extra episodes a month. Tell us uh, your favorite anything. song. Yeah, what's your favorite song? Let's talk about that. Yeah, tell us. You that. know, get us get back uh, to us on that. Now, yeah. now, now. I haven't gotten anything yet. Now, now. All right, so that's the episode. This grown up Jake uh, Mitch is here, but I'm gonna do bananas today. What? All right, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys after Halloween. Have a safe one and pull some fucking pranks. I love this dangerous Jake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking over the bananas responsibility. Dangerous. dangerous. All uh, right, guys. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.